Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. And happy holidays, everyone. Welcome into the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and we have reached bowl season. National Signing Day is around the corner, and it's a very important time as we work our way towards the college football playoff. Chris, this is what it's all about. The end of the year, as we wrap up December and head into January, where the games are all a bonus for us. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's a hectic time. You know, I was just thinking and talking with a couple coaches today. It's just... Um, it's kind of a different dynamic because the people that are in bowl games and particularly um, the playoffs, the, 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 the most important games um, they're having to deal with recruiting, um, which is obviously critical and you're having to deal with preparation. So you're dealing with some in the games being on the 28th, it's signing day tomorrow and on field practice. Mm. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a challenging thing. Now, if you're in other bowl games, not that other bowl games are not as important. Yes, they're important, but it, it's not like playoff importance, but kind of the same thing. And then, you know, the ones that are, uh, you know, maybe the, the bowl games are at a different a uh, little bit later. Maybe you're not in the practice. You don't have practice day tomorrow. So it is, it is a, I don't know, fun, uh, certainly busy in terms of, having signing day right now, which is again, 75, the players percent of the players will sign. Um, you throw in that with certainly the bowl games, as you mentioned, coming, it, it's exciting. I think as, as a viewer and we're anticipating, look, we're, we're going to be a week away this Saturday from the playoffs. It's kind of unusual that you have the two playoff games on December 28th. And then obviously the other bowl games, and it leads to the, to the ultimate, you know, championship game on the 13th. So that with, Still, people trying to fill out their staffs along with recruiting. It's as busy as it can get right now in, in, the, in the, uh, the, the college football uh, arena. Guys, let's talk about sleep. Listen to these studies from Harvard and Johns Hopkins. Chronic sleep deprivation has been shown to lead to depression, diabetes, obesity, and cardiovascular disease. We each need eight hours of sleep. I know sometimes when I don't get a full eight hours of sleep, I just don't operate like my best self the next day. So one of sleep's biggest problems is temperature. It's tough to get to sleep if you're too hot. So I want to tell you about the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod by 8 Sleep is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It was developed by leading sleep researchers after tracking 43 million hours of sleep. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. That means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Sleep longer and deeper so you wake up refreshed and ready to take on the world. Try the pod for 100 nights, and if you don't love it, we'll refund your purchase and arrange a free pickup. They already sold out of their first two batches, so they're going fast. For a limited time, get $150 off your purchase when you go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's 8 
E-I-G-H-T sleep.com slash pro, eightsleep.com slash pro. So let's talk about early signing day because this is the third year of this early signing period in college football. You know, we've grown accustomed to previously having signing day in February, but now more and more recruits, in fact, the majority of them are declaring here in this early signing period in December. How has this changed the game for colleges now? Well, we just kind of touched on the big thing is now you're having to juggle a lot of balls in the air. So certainly there are things you can do on like late official visits. So like last weekend, the weekend prior to, you might have an official visit weekend or two that kind of coincides with the early part of practice. Now, really, to be honest with you, practices started like, Sunday and Monday of this uh-huh. week for like the playoff teams uh, and, and, and certainly teams that are playing on January 1st. Now the, the teams that are obviously playing bowl games starting this weekend, that practice schedule started a week earlier. So it, it, what it does, particularly for smaller programs, I think it puts a lot of stress because you don't have as large of a staff, but still it puts a great deal of stress on the bigger programs. Cause you still have the, the front guy for the program, you know, the head coach has got to be really involved. So you've got to really mix things around a little bit. So like say a guy like Ed Orgeron, he's recruiting is his thing. He's more out front on that. And it's going to be the Joe Brady's and the Steve Ensminger's and the Dave Aranda's of the world. That's really working on game plan stuff. But for a guy like a Lincoln Riley, that is again, the head coach that's more involved in game planning it does take away, um, you know, a, a lot of time and you're kind of split loyalties towards recruiting and yet obviously preparing. So it's, listen, you know my feeling. I think the college football calendar stinks. I think it yes. makes no sense whatsoever. I'm a big believer that going to have an early signing day, have it in August, and then have the signing day be end of February, early March. So what you have is, a kid wants to sign really early prior to the season, sign in August. Prior to his senior season in high school, sign in August. Not wait to March. Here's what that does. It creates an environment where coaches can look at jobs, finish their bowl season with their teams, accept a job. So the whole college coaching carousel cycle is a little bit later. And then by putting the signing day instead of the first week in February, the end of February, early March, it gives basically a coaching staff that is new. It gives them six weeks to make adjustments to their recruiting class. See, right now, here's what this does. If you have a new coach, if you're Florida State, you're anybody that Ole Miss, uh, Arkansas, anybody, Missouri, anybody that's hired a new coach, it's basically you've, you've wasted a, a recruiting class. Maybe that's a strong word, but basically you have a recruiting class that the other staff recruited. You've got to hold it together, but then you have to go in and look and say, I, I, these six guys, we don't want. Then you got to break relationships and, or you need to keep them even though you don't really want them. Or you you keep them because the options are limited, who you have. It is just you're behind the eight ball, and you have no way to be able to put a staff together or to be able to put a recruiting class together. So in essence, your first recruiting class 
is not until next recruiting season, if you want to look at it that way. And so it becomes, I think, very complex, very difficult, and not conducive to success. And it's a it's a vicious cycle because if you hire poorly and you are one of these programs that continue to fire coaches over and over again, you're doing it over and over again. I mean, you have <laughs> a same problem where you you can't have – for example, if you have a bad recruiting class, it's going to set you back a few years. And so now you you go in with the idea that the probability, not a guarantee, but the probability is you go into your first class since you've just been hired, and it's not going to be nearly as good as it should be in the second go around. So I think that needs to be understood, and I think it creates a lot of problems. But I, I just don't like the calendar. I think the calendar is completely messed up. Now, the coaches don't really like it, but yet once it's over, it's good. You know, I mean, it's kind of one of those things where the majority of your recruiting is over and then it makes it easier on January and February because you may only have two or three scholarships left or you maybe have a few guys that just will decide to wait to sign to February and you got to continue to stay on those guys. But three quarters of your class is already done. So it's created a, you know, a different environment. So basically coaches hate it right now, but then when it's over, they're kind of, Hey, I'm glad to have that, you know, majority behind me. So it, it to me is not good. I don't think it's good for the sport because I think that everyone's trying to focus on the playoffs and the bowl game, and then all of a sudden you're going to drop signing day, and it's almost like it's lost in the shuffle. And I just think that it put college football on the center stage in February or March before spring practice to where you had, all right, look, the season's over. You crowned a national champion. Now let's get to the recruiting part of it. And then kind of focus on that and make that a central part, kind of like the draft is for pro football. So the NFL's got it right in terms of the calendar. The college football doesn't. The other thing it does is if you if you moved it the way I did it on a different calendar, you've got all of those decisions to make, plus players trying to decide whether they're going to come out for the draft or not. So you're trying to sign guys with the idea of, you're going to have a certain amount of scholarships available, but you're going to have to alter that. I mean, in essence, it's just like there's a whole bunch of balls that are thrown up at one time, and even the best juggler in the world can't do it as well as you could if it were better organized. So anyway, as I always mm. like to say, I'm off my soapbox, but that that's kind of where the problems are right now in this college football schedule, which, again, listen, I deal with it, um, but I study the personnel, but I, I, I am not as – in tune to it as I would be if it were more centrally focused towards, say, end of February, early March. And we're looking at the top classes, you know, Clemson, Alabama, mm-hmm. uh, LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, you know, the usual suspects there. And speaking of LSU, you mentioned it, Orgeron, who is known for his recruiting prowess. He just took home an award as they continue to rack up awards there for LSU this season. He is the AP coach of the year. Just, just real quick, a, a thought from you on the job that Ed has done this year, really transforming this program and this offense with the help of uh, Joe Brady and the influence that he brought in. But this is a complete 180 from what we're used to seeing from LSU. And they had just a tremendous year, Chris. 
Well, I give him a lot of credit for being a leader, um, suppressing his ego. I give a lot of credit to Steve Ensminger, who was the guy that went to Ed Orgeron and said, we, we really need to, you know, he spent the time in the meeting with Joe Brady and said, we need to hire this guy. Yeah. <clears throat> so here's the offense coordinator basically saying, you need to hire this guy because it makes us better. And Ed d- did it and, you know, met him and liked him and did it. So it, it, it what it shows is that it, it takes, you know, it's, you can do it different ways. And he's done it very well from a leadership standpoint. And he's put together a great staff. It's, it's um, very similar to the way Dabo's done it. Uh, mm-hmm. He's more of a CEO, more of a recruiter, and uh, he's he's fit very well. Now, you know, we want, I want to see, and I think um, we'll see in the next few years, recruiting has gone very well. You just alluded to the fact it's one of the better classes, and they may have a shot at the best running back in the country tomorrow. We'll see how that plays out. Um, it involves, by the way, it's not Emmett Smith's son, but Emmett Smith's son looks like he's probably headed towards A&M, EJ, and if EJ does, then um, Zach Evans is probably going to end up at LSU. LSU's got a great class. And that's what Ed does, and he's letting his offense and defense coordinators and his coaching staff go and do their job. And um, he's a good leader, and he holds guys accountable. So give him a lot of credit for the job that he's done. And uh, let's see if – I think Joe Burrows had a big part of that, though. And I'm curious to see, you know, next year and the year after – you know, I want to, I want to pump the brakes on. They're the new team now. You know, Alabama's going to be. Set. Let, let's just see LSU do it on a consistent basis, um, like like winning the West. Can they do that? Uh, you know, listen, this year they're the king of the SEC, no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Let's see if they can sustain it over the long. I suspect they'll be good, but you know, it's very very competitive. And by the way, of the top ten classes. Uh, again, we're going to have five or six of them that are – I know that Alabama, LSU, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, and A&M. Six of the top nine teams, the recruiting <laughs> classes, six are from the SEC. So, And and if you look at it, Alabama, LSU, um, Texas A&M, Auburn, four of them are from the SEC West. So think about that for a second. Of the top nine classes in the country – Four of them are from the same division in the same conference. That's that's incredible. Got that on for size, and that's why <laughs> the rich gets richer, and why it's difficult. And if your programs like Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Arkansas, yeah, good luck because building back the program is hey, let's go to a bowl game and win seven or eight games. But you know, getting to where those teams are, you may not ever get that way unless those teams start to come back to the pack. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's like the rich get richer every single year. I mean, there's a reason why these programs are are in contention every single year. They they recruit well, and as long as they keep having success, the recruiting is going to come along because with success, these kids want to come play and play for a national championship and have the exposure, and, and there's a reason why, you know, a, a kid like Bryce Young decides to go to Alabama instead of staying in state or going anywhere else. You know, he wants to go cross country and play for Nick Saban because he sees what Nick Saban is is capable of doing at Alabama, you know? Um, so whether he can, whether these kids come in as freshmen and have impact, which we've seen, we've seen freshmen now playing, I think more recently, Chris, in, in recent seasons, 
than I can remember in the past. We've seen we're seeing more and more freshmen come in. I think the red shirt, I think what the transfer window has done is actually forced some guys into playing earlier as opposed to being redshirted because the fear that you might lose the kid. Does that make any sense? Well, that is true. Um and I know they can play the four games now and yes, then get yes. redshirted. So we do see them for a little bit and then we don't see them again. It, 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 it has had an effect, but the other thing that's had an effect is that these kids now are graduating early from high school and, and they're, uh, many of them yeah, are already yes. on campus right yes. now when they sign and almost all of them are there through the entire summer. So they're like, they go through spring practice. And they're not even a freshman yet. You know, technically, mm. you know, they're taking classes. That's so the so the cycle is earlier and sooner. So you've got that, and you're correct. Um, we see guys leaving and moving moving on because if if the job's not theirs, there's they're going to move on somewhere yep. else and compete. And that's just kind of the way the way of the world it is right now. That's it's just amazing. All right. Well, we got bowl season kicking off this week. Obviously, we're going to get into the college football playoff uh, coming up in, in the following uh, coming weeks. But we do have games to get kicked off uh, this Friday. When you look at the bowl schedule uh, and how the games start now and then I don't like personally. And I've talked to some people that don't like it as well. I don't like having games after the college football playoff. I just think that if it's the, if it's the college football playoff, it should be the final games of the college football season, right? You have your semifinals and then your national championship game. Why we have bowl games after the semifinal games are being played are, are beyond me. But what's your thought on the bowl schedule as a whole, starting here now in the tw- on the twentieth of December, and then going all the way until we have it the national championship? Well, I'm not I'm not crazy about it either. I mean, you know, my you know would like to have it uh, after. What they do, obviously, is because there's semifinal games, mm-hmm. they want to give maximum preparation time for the championship game and build up. And so if they did it a week later, like so if they played instead of the 28th and play the game on the first, uh, which would be the right thing to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, then then uh, you, you would you would put basically because they like to do it on the Monday night. It would be the 20th instead of the 13th of January. We'd have the championship game and they, you know, it's too long. It's this and that, which is really not. It's just, it's kind of what they say. I, I'm with you. In fact, you know, it, it's, it's kind of like we're half in and half out with this. So, you know, the, and this is where I always, and I don't want to go back into it because I've hammered it enough, but you get into new year's day, you've got your Rose bowl, which is a, a tradition. And then you got a sugar bowl because they're really not involved. But then now they, it's like, well, they're going to a New Year's Bowl game. They're going to the Citrus Bowl. And they're going to the Outback Bowl. And those are good bowls. Those are not New Year's Day bowl games in my mind. Mm-hmm. They're played mm-hmm. on New Year's Day, but they're not New Year's Day yep. bowl games. So, so, yeah, so you get kind of stuck into it where, and look, I mean, look, you're going to play a game and you're going to play it at 8 a.m., 8 p.m. I'm going to watch it, man. I mean, yeah. you know, but, but it, it's, I don't know. Some of it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, no, and again, I don't. I don't need. I don't just, need the bowl games on the second, and then on the third, and on yeah, the fourth. Well, no, that's exactly right. Yeah, because I, I mean, here's the thing. Days. Here's the thing. It's like, all right, so we got the second. Oh, we'll throw the Gator Bowl in there. Okay, mm-hmm. Indiana and Tennessee, and the Birmingham Bowl. I, I know that you know 
and it's just like okay, <laughs> it's like it's it's like, and then oh, and, and if that's not enough, we're gonna have the Idaho Potato Bowl on Friday. Now yep. I'm laughing, but I'm the dumbass that's gonna be watching it. <laughs> and but, then Saturday morning, you gotta wake up and watch the Armed Forces. Yes, Bowl. yes, do that, and then and then Monday the sixth which is, you know, really Monday, January 6th, you know, you want to get focused on that because it's the lending tree bowl. And, and it's like, it's like, you're right. I mean, on the 6th of January, are you kidding me? Now, look, depending on the calendar, we know sometimes when, uh, when January 1st falls on a Sunday, you have the NFL and, and, and so making January 2nd, you know the bowl games is is okay but the best game should be late and um no i'm with you i i i think all of these games the uh, potato bowl the, all that should be sooner and we should build towards the 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 the, the finish you know as opposed to just right now we just kind of mosey along and have this and mm-hmm. then oh by the way what's this you know i i just don't think people quite get that it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but as you can tell I, I don't think a lot of things are making a lot of sense and i'm i'm worried and more and more about because what we've talked about and because they're you know resistance to make the changes all the bowl games are they're programming mainly mostly owned by espn so they're yep. programming for them and they actually do pretty well in the community you know, raising some money, it, it, but it just, there is so little fan interest. Watch the. And it's also, it, you know what? It's like each kid gets a little swag bag. Oh, no, so it's great it's, for it's them. Nice, no, yeah. no, no, no. It's good for the kids. That's fine. Watch the attendance of these games. I mean, they'll oh, be like brutal. Yeah. 12,000. I mean, if that for some of these games. And it's just, it's not, look, it's just not. I think you can have some of these. I think you can have all of these games if you want to, but I think putting them in the right spots earlier and leading to the finish just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So I, I don't like the organization of the schedule um, at all, but you know, listen, and and we've talked about it. If I'm going to sell the public, most of the people that are listening to this, man, you got to watch this bowl game. I'm telling you, I, I, with a straight face, I, they're looking at games differently than I may be looking at it. They're mm-hmm. not a whole lot of games. That I'll say, man, if you don't watch Buffalo and Charlotte, yeah. you don't know what the hell you're missing. You know, because, because <laughs> I mean, I, I know that Charlotte's got a good pass rush. You got a couple of your prospects in Buffalo, but nobody's really nobody. I mean, Iowa USC, maybe you're interested. Iowa state Notre Dame. Is that it, Notre Dame's always a draw. I mean, Alabama, Michigan, okay, yeah. What 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 is Alabama gonna do? You know, who's mm-hmm. gonna play in the game? Mm-hmm. I, I get it. Auburn, Minnesota, okay. Rose Bowl, gotta always watch the Rose Bowl. Oregon, Wisconsin, that's great. Baylor, Georgia, does Georgia wanna play or not? Baylor's gonna be ready to play. I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here with a straight face and tell you. You gotta watch Texas and Utah in the Alamo Bowl. I'm gonna yeah. watch it, but you, to, you to got Christian. Gotta watch Western Kentucky and Western Michigan yeah. in the first Thunder Bowl. I mean, we gotta yeah, watch that. Just, it's just not something that people are gonna say. What? And I don't get it. No, it's it's a lot of it. Just is not all that exciting. Even though it's football and I like it, it doesn't resonate like the regular season does. 
where the games on the weekend on Saturdays uh, and even on Thursday nights and sometimes Friday nights, man, those are really good. It, 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 it leads to a kind of a, a wet blanket feel to it towards the, uh, towards the, the, the most of these bowl uh, atmospheres. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's that time of year. Christmas is coming up quick as we're approaching the 25th and our friends at MyBookie want to make sure your season is special with 12 days of gifts. MyBookie is already one of the most trusted and reputable sportsbooks in the industry. And this holiday season, they're getting into the spirit of giving with 12 straight days of giveaways. That's right, 12 days of gifts. A brand new gift every single day so you can take your game to the next level. They kick off this promotion on the 14th with a free parlay for the UFC and they'll keep up the gift giving through the 25th. Free bets, free spins, futures, and more. While Santa has his, they've checked off their list. They've got a little something for everyone and this is the promotion that you won't want to miss. Especially with the NBA and NHL in full swing and the college bowl games around the corner. It really is the holiday season and the best time of the year for sports betting. Parlays, teasers, specials, anything you can ask for, my book is here to make Christmas great again. Head over to mybookie.ag right now and use our promo code BLV to get half of your initial deposit in free wagers. And that's just the start of your savings. Make sure to check the site out during this promotion because there's going to be something new every day and you're going to want to take advantage of these deals. So sign up for mybookie with our code BLV and start winning today. All right, well, let's get into uh, the games. There are 10 bowl games that are going to be played between uh, the time that we release this episode and the time that we have another episode next week. So let's talk about those 10 games, and it starts with one that you actually just mentioned before, and it is the uh, Bahamas Bowl, which is a nice little getaway, especially for the kids from Buffalo. You get out of the snow in upstate New York, and you head to the Bahamas, and now you take on a Charlotte team. To me... I'm always worried about how these college kids handle something like that. How much can we rely on them to treat this like a business trip as opposed to treating it like a vacation? Oh, I think that you try to do both. I mean, try to get the work in and, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, shoot that. I think they'll be thinking more about chasing bikinis on the beach than playing football. (laughs) It probably will be. And God bless them. Um, You know, it's it's always the challenge there, um, and it, and it still is. I do think, for all the talk about it, and we've got I made a note here. We've got twenty two bowl, uh, twenty two of these bowl games have at least one group of five member. I think it actually means more to these teams. I think winning a game like this probably means more to a Buffalo and a Charlotte. Um, so yeah, the mindset's going to be important. Charlotte's is Buffalo's really good run team. Charlotte's got a good defensive front. Um, that offensive line of Buffalo and Charlotte's defensive line is kind of the focal point of that game uh, to to watch there in the Bahamas. All right, let's talk about the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. These names every year, Chris. I tell you, uh, uh, there's the big story in this one though is the suspensions for Utah State, especially quarterback Jordan Love. Well, I, I shouldn't say suspensions. I should just say the the troubles uh, that the players had gotten into uh, in possession of marijuana. There's 
Uh, obviously more that's going to come out. But Utah State, the Aggies going to have to deal with that as they take on Kent State on Friday. Yeah, I mean, they go in, you go into this game, you think Jordan Love and, you know, Woody can show to the Pro Scouts, which, you know, maybe a lot of the fans haven't seen him play a lot. We've been, we talked about him all summer. More talented team, more experienced team. This is only, gosh, Kent State's only been to a few bowl games, I think, 2011, 2012, I mean, early 70s. They haven't been in a lot of bowl games uh-huh. here. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of shape Utah State is in. Better team here, probably um, a decisive win. But because of this, you know, distracting factor, yep. this might be a better game than anybody anticipated. Well, I'll tell you right now, the spread has dropped from seven to four and a half just in the hours after the announcement of the the players getting in trouble. So we'll see what happens and see who plays there for Utah State. Uh, on Saturday, you got Central Michigan and San Diego State in the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah, and, you know, this is one Central Michigan's had a really good year. Um, Jimmy McElwain's done a good job. San Diego State's, you know, really a solid team. That's pretty good line of scrimmage team. A little bit, uh, a little bit of a, uh, an advantage I'd give to San Diego State, but I think a really quality four-quarter game, I think, is in play here. In the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl, it's Hugh Freeze and Liberty against Georgia Southern. And, and what a job that Hugh Freeze has done. He was rewarded with an extension. Liberty 7-5 and five on the year, taking on Georgia Southern. Well, it's a contrast in styles. You've got the, the, the passing attack of Liberty, of Hugh Freeze, the aforementioned Hugh Freeze. They've got some good receivers. Quarterbacks playing well for them. Then Georgia Southern, that's going to try to control the football, run it on the ground and kind of control it that way. So it's going to be a contrast in styles. Now, this is, you know, if you watch, you love football like I do, and you look at the schematics of it, it's going to be a fun game to watch as as a contrast in styles to see who can impose their will on the other. SMU and Florida Atlantic in the Boca Raton Bowl. It is a home game for Florida Atlantic playing in uh, their home stadium against SMU and uh, that high-powered offense. Well, and SMU's had a really good year, obviously. Um, Sonny's had got a good team and done a good job with the team. And, of course, Florida Atlantic, Lane Kiffin's moved on to Ole Miss. So that's the other – the um, the effects of bowl games is who's going to be coaching it, head coaches, coordinators. Uh, those things are going to going to have a factor into it. So I like a little bit um, – uh, SMU um, for that reason. I think that they're as good and probably get it done here, even though it is a home game mm-hmm. for uh, for the Owls. Arkansas State and Florida International in the Camellia Bowl in uh, Alabama. Blake Anderson's got a good team, of course, and been a tough emotional year for Blake losing his wife and coming back to his team. Really good team. And then FIU, Butch Davis did a really good job, pulled the upset over Miami. Uh, nice little solid matchup here. Pretty good offense against pretty good defense. Something's got to give there. So uh, going to be a little interesting in the late afternoon uh, Saturday. Primetime, 7.30 Eastern on ABC, nationally televised. You got the Chris Peterson Bowl as Boise State takes on Washington in the swan song for Chris Peterson. Yeah, you know, um, it is in, intriguing in that, you know, it uh, there was a lot of talk going in that that might be the type of matchup they might put them together and you know it's funny how they're able to get this done um you know it's great for chris like to, they'd like to send him out a winner they're a little better team than boise but boise's a really good team and very capable so 
it ought to be a good matchup. Uh, this is kind of maybe the highlight game of, uh, of Saturday, at least in terms of name recognition. Mm-hmm. It's the only team, Washington, that is, uh, in the, the early slate of games that's a, it's a P5 school. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're right. If you look at that slate, they are the one Power Five conference team that's playing. Uh, Appalachian State, a really nice year, 12 and 1. They take on UAB in the New Orleans Bowl. And I can't say enough about Bill Clark, Chris, who stayed with that program after they got rid of football and helped lead the, the, the campaign to get football back and in a couple of years has them competing for a conference title every single season. Just what a job he has done there uh, in Birmingham. He has, and I think he's, to me, somebody that um, be it in Arkansas or you know a couple of the openings that really would have taken a hard look at. Uh, I think he's a fast-track guy as well. Uh, he is still there. Eli Drinkwich is no longer there. So he's moved on to head coach at Missouri. Uh, two good teams, two really good, well-coached teams. Going to be a lot of fun. The New Orleans Bowl is always, usually, I should say always, usually pretty exciting, a lot of offense. I think we're going to see that again, uh, and both of these teams can push the ball off the field. Yeah, what a treat for these kids, playing on the same field that the national championship is going to be played on That's right. uh, this year. Uh, Monday night on the 23rd, you got UCF and Marshall in the Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Yeah, Marshall, certainly um, good team, well-coached Central Florida. Uh, not as good a year as, obviously, they've had the past couple of years, but still a good team. Um, you know, nice, solid matchup here on uh, on Monday as it's – it's Christmas Eve Eve, I guess we'd call it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And then uh, the last game that we'll talk about this week, because we're getting to the rest next week, you got Hawaii and BYU. Uh, these teams, no strangers to each other, and uh, they'll play in the Hawaii Bowl, so a home game for the uh, Warriors. Yeah, the Hawaii Bowl um, is, wouldn't exactly call it a tradition, but they had a Christmas Eve game more than any other but i mean that, that's the one it, game it's you, pretty you, much always on christmas Eve, yeah it is but there was a couple of years where it just i i apparently it just didn't fall on the right day of yeah. the week to where it wasn't but it has been uh it's usually because you usually get the, the christmas eve it's hawaii and the time difference and you look at the islands and nick rolovich has got a good team and you know byu is a good team i'm 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 really going to be huddled up and watching this game and enjoying it um and uh, certainly watching them uh in their hawaiian shirts and yeah uh, everybody get excited about the game but uh, obviously this is good and it's big certainly for recruiting as well for byu and uh you know the hawaii program is uh there's not a lot of money and an influence in there nick rolovich keeping him long term is going to be a challenge he's done a really good job there but so it'll be a good game uh over over in the islands yeah, the ninth appearance for Hawaii in their hometown Hawaii Bowl. So obviously familiar with uh, with the playing in that stadium. And, and for these BYU kids, uh, certainly a treat to head out there. So we'll get into the rest of the bowl games coming up uh, in our next week's episode, um, which, which will be out before Christmas Eve. So we're going to get into the next uh, slate of games. And then obviously we got the college football playoff to talk about, the national championship to talk about. We'll recap the recruiting as well. And I know that you are on top of all the recruiting news at LandryFootball.com, Chris. Yeah, we've got, uh, like right now, we've got uh, some of the latest rumors on signing day Eve. You can go check that out. We've got a dozen or so players that uh, there's some talk about maybe could they flip tomorrow? Uh, what's the percentage 
likelihood of it. So we've got that for you. You want to check that out and kind of, um, you know, who's going to make their announcement tomorrow or sign, maybe be surprises. So we've got that updated. And certainly in our notebooks, our recruiting notebooks and our college football notebooks, we're keeping everything up to date on on the latest um, is going on with the signing day and then the postmortem of that. And we'll certainly recap and evaluate it. We'll have detailed. Uh, we just get the chance to talk about it. But if you want a little bit more detail on all of these bowl games that we just went over, uh, I've got write ups that I'm going to be putting out here in the next day or two as we get ready before actually we'll have up uh, by uh, tomorrow the the Friday games and then all the Saturday games we'll have detailed film on breakdowns of all of these games that uh, you'll be able to get a good feel for about the personnel who to look um, who to look forward to watching pro prospects a lot of different things so you want to check that out at LandryFootball.com um, got our holiday special so take advantage of that discount you will absolutely love it the recruiting the film breakdowns. Uh, there's no offseason, all the, the news and notes uh, of what's going on uh, around the transfer portal. We've got that all covered for you. Yep, and we know you're going to be on top of it, and we can check you out on Twitter as well, at Landry Football. You can follow me on Twitter, at Scott on Air. Enjoy the bowl games, the first slate of bowl games this week. We will be with you before Christmas. So I'm not going to say Merry Christmas yet. We'll do that in t- uh, for our next episode. But for now, enjoy the games, Chris, this weekend, and we'll do it again next week and get rocking and rolling, getting ready for the college football playoff. Hey, look forward to it, buddy. With the holidays just around the corner, now is the time to order holiday cards for family and friends. Only this year? Why not create custom holiday photo cards quickly, easily, and affordably at simplytoimpress.com. Simplytoimpress.com is your holiday photo card headquarters with thousands of unique Christmas cards and other designs to choose from. All you do is upload your family photos, personalize the text, and you're done. Simplytoimpress.com prints your cards on your choice of premium card stock in just a few days and rushes them straight to your door. Maybe that's why the New York Times wire cutter named Simply to Impress their favorite photo card service. They even offer foil cards and hundreds of great holiday card designs for your business, too. Place your order today to save 30% and get free shipping. Just enter promo code DEAL at checkout. Save big on holiday photo cards today using promo code DEAL at simplytoimpress.com. That's simplytoimpress.com. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.